first in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. And welcome to this edition of Spouting Off every Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon. Let's see, wait a minute. Mountain Time and 11 Pacific Time. How great to have you along with us. It is, we're right in the middle of Hanukkah, and we have a great guest to talk about the deeper meanings of Hanukkah. Uh, and <laughs> a friend this week say, you know, say, say Hanukkah, Hanukkah, it's got a million different spellings. And I said, you know, Hebrew and Yiddish, the only languages where phlegm is a consonant. So <laughs> actually there are others. There's guttural sounds in French and German and what have you, but... Yiddish, uh, you know, it just doesn't sound like uh, Hebrew or Yiddish unless you say Hanukkah. Nevertheless, I'm learning things about Hanukkah that I never knew. Um, and uh, I'm very pleased to be studying a little bit more, a lot more about my faith because there is so much to learn. Nevertheless, in this first segment, I've got a bunch of things to spout off about uh, and uh, because there's so much bad news these days, I was enchanted to learn that there's some good news that I want to lay on you right now. A couple of different subjects that uh, are heartening because the fight back, the pushback, the standing up on principle regardless, and the, the price keeps getting higher. We talk about that all the time. But the pushback is working, and it must be done consistently and with as many good people of conscience and patriots who stand up not only for their liberty, but the liberty of their fellow citizens. Because after all, it's it's a strange kind of um, collectivism, <laughs> isn't it? It's kind of a strange collectivism that when you stand up for the rights of others to make their own decisions to live their own lives as they see fit, as long as it doesn't uh, uh, hinder and um, violate the rights of others, then you're protecting your liberty. It's a, it's an irony, isn't it? Our liberty depends on our fellow citizens understanding what liberty and individual liberty is all about. Because once the public decides that it's okay for the government to force their fellow citizens to do something because they don't disagree with it, well, we're in the kind of position we're in now. And it, it breaks my heart because it is ignorance that uh, belittles the preciousness of liberty. To that end, we have this story that I just love. Black leaders call on corporations to defund Black Lives Matter after launching uh, hashtag Black Xmas. <laughs> I love that. Do you love that? I love that. 
So we got black leaders calling on corporations, and here's what they say. They say, conservative clergy of color calls out the hypocrisy of free market capitalists, they aren't really, who support a vowed Marxist movement that bites the hand that feeds it. You know, to call uh, uh, people who earn their own money as jealous, I mean, as, as, as uh, greedy, it's always the people that are the greediest that are pointing the fingers at others saying, you know what, the money that you earned, you're being greedy. That's why you have to give it all to us. <laughs> I mean, you can't make this twistedness of, of um, logic and common sense up. You can't make it up. It's like uh, I used this analogy in an article not long ago, which was uh, the Divine Light Mission, a cult from long ago in the 70s. It's not that long ago. The, the cult of the divine light mission, the Guru Maharaji just constantly told his followers to give up all their materialism, their, and but give it all to him. So he had a whole bunch of Rolls Royces. He had lots of materialism. He lived in a big, fancy house. His premies, followers, had nothing. They were poor. They worked hard for the mission. He was rich, they were poor, and he was telling them, uh, you know, what to do. That kind of seems like today. It seems like we're living in a cult. We're watching the cult of leftism. We're watching the cult of Marxism. That, uh, and we're watching the cult of this very devious uh, Great Reset that tells you, you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. I love when other people tell you what will and will not make you happy. Guess what? You get to decide what makes you happy. Again, I must repeat, as long as you do not violate the rights of others to be uh, deciders of their own uh, uh, fate, shall we say, and to take responsibility for it. Uh, and, and that's how you have liberty, is liberty. There can be no liberty without accountability and responsibility for the consequences of what you choose. Otherwise, you will merely be a ward of the state, someone who is not responsible, someone who is unable to give consent. Did you follow that? Oh, my goodness. Here's another one. I love this one. California town declares itself independent from dictatorship powers of the state, federal, and COVID mandates. I love this one. Look it up. It's beautiful. Came from November 26th. A town in California has declared itself a constitutional republic, independent of executive orders issued by the federal or state governments in protest of lockdowns, mask mandates, and compulsory vaccinations. Notice it's all the same stuff, isn't it? When you use a virus, the fear-mongering that we've watched for the last two miserably frightening years, fear-mongering, not, not the frightening of the fear-mongering they're telling you you're going to die if you don't do what we say, you're going to kill grandma if you don't do what we say, even though in places we're killing grandma. Talk about an insult to injury. What a travesty. <sighs> What we have is 
an awareness that all of these things are related, that the virus is being used and the fear is a rightfully rightful fear that Marxism is on the march in the United States of America using a virus to scare people into submission. More people than ever are starting to understand that. Evidently, this California town, don't you love it's in California? They understand it. So the town, which you know you should cheer, celebrate, is a town called Oroville, California. Oroville, not Oreoville, but Oroville, California. Bravo to Oroville, California. Uh, I was very pleased to see that Pastor uh, Artur Pavlovsky, the wonderful pastor out of Canada, who was arrested, who was uh, uh, persecuted, and he handled it with a plum, with clear understanding, because he's Polish after all, of just how terrible jackbooted thugs are when you roll over. You may remember this pastor, if you don't look him up on YouTube, Pastor Artur Pavlovsky, Pavlovsky, P-A-W-L-O-W-S-K-I. And what happened was the court lifted, this is in Canada where they don't have a recognized right to free speech, even though ours are being violated right and left uh, by a government that's using corporations as their proxy to punish people who talk against the government. This is against the First Amendment. Uh, But in Canada, they don't have a First Amendment. So Pastor Pavlovsky, they lifted his compelled speech order. They actually were trying to compel him to speak for the government whenever he spoke against it, a kind of a, uh, you know, equal time kind of thing, even though uh, he's allowed, he ought to be allowed, whatever, to say whatever he wants. What they told him was is that the court was requiring him to state the government's preferred narrative about the lockdowns every time he made a public remark. How about that? And somehow they lifted that uh, requirement, and that is something to celebrate. We got to celebrate that because Pastor Pavlovsky is their worst nightmare. He stands for liberty. He stands for uh, uh, the rights of the church to practice freely and a whole, el- whole, whole lot else. One more thing that is also great news on this Cash Friday, we always like to say that, Cash Friday, is uh, the fact that two of the vaccine mandates are uh, have been stayed. Not S-T-A-I-D, but stayed there's a stay on them um and that is extremely important uh because the fighting back is working now i have one joke for you it's sad and horrible but i have to just tell you this Uh, a friend of mine sent me this and i just if i hadn't laughed i would cry germany has euthanasia and here is an article someone sent me assisted death only for the vaccinated, Euthanasia Association says. So you don't get the privilege of being put to death unless you've been vaccinated. 
Some people say that being vaccinated could hasten that process, but I don't know. In Germany, mind you. So I would ask for another time, why is it always the same people who celebrate abortion, who celebrate death rather than life, are for euthanasia? They want to elevate death over life. This on its face is atrocious stuff. Um, So take that along with all the other news items. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have the wonderful Itty Kay, who is from Base Ghana International. You'll hear hear more about uh, this organization that teaches Jewish women, and we're going to get the deeper meanings of Hanukkah right in the middle of the Festival of Lights Hanukkah. Thank you so much for joining us here. You're not going to want to miss these next couple of segments. You're listening to Spouting Off here on BBS Radio and the K-Star Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Do you have a secret that's been bothering you? Have you been wondering if what you're thinking or feeling is normal? Is there someone with whom you've needed to clear the air, but you haven't been able to find the right words? Sometimes you need an objective, second opinion to help you see your problem more clearly. Ask Aunt Emma, and she'll help you move past what's getting in your way. She's a former therapist who is wise and caring, but instead of therapy, she'll give you terrific advice. It's free to ask Aunt Emma and explain your need, problem, or question. If you both agree, you pay only $1.39 a minute. It's anonymous, it's confidential, and you'll be surprised at how effective it is. You can Ask Aunt Emma by going to facebook.com forward slash askauntemma. There, you'll find her phone number and extension number. That's facebook.com forward slash askauntemma. Ask Aunt Emma today. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back to Spouting Off Friday. It's Cash Friday. We're deep into the holidays. And uh, Jewish holidays, interestingly enough, always we joke that they either come early or they come late, but they never come on time. And that's because Judaism is on a lunar calendar. And uh, this year, uh, Hanukkah comes a little bit early. In other words, not at the exact same time as Christmas. And so I thought I would uh, have another indulgence, but I hope it's an indulgence that uh, our listeners will appreciate and hopefully learn something. I've had the pleasure of knowing this next guest for longer than uh, I remember. Actually, I've known her for quite a few years. I've begun studying with her again. She is a teacher at uh, an esteemed organization called Beis Hana Women's International, uh, dedicated to educating Jewish women about Judaism. So what a perfect thing. Uh, and her name is Itty Kay, and you're on Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome to the program, Itty. Hi, Karen. How fun to be here with you. Yeah, it is great to have you. And you are such an articulate and heartfelt teacher. I thought, first off, 
Tell everybody a little bit more about Base Hana Women's International. What do you do? What is your affiliation? And, uh, you know, tell us about this educational organization. Oh, great. Um, what I do at Base Hana is teach. That's what a lot of us do here at Base Hana. What people can get out of Base Hana is a Jewish women's learning retreat. So it's interesting because people think of Judaism as being synagogue centered. You know, like, oh, you know, who's going to be the next rabbi or who's going to be the next cantor? But actually, Torah has always put the home at the forefront. Um, And when you have a strong home, a strong mother, a strong wife, you've got strong communities, you've got strong children growing up to be the next strong adults. And that's our mission. We want the world to be a strong, happy place. So we focus on strengthening women. Well, Itty, I'll tell you, and your name is Ita, but people affectionately call you Itty. Um, you are makes a, it shorter, you know. Yeah, Very long to say Ita. Yeah, yeah. Ah, well. <laughs> you are among the most naturally optimistic people that I know. And when I bring to you the woes of the world. I can always count on you bringing something very positive, very real and genuine about Torah that is worth studying, is worth focusing on. And we talk often about, you know, my wanting to put some good stuff in where there's so much bad and disturbing news these days. Hmm. And to that end, uh, you're teaching, and uh, rightfully so, about Hanukkah right now. We're about to celebrate the sixth night of Hanukkah tonight on Friday, and Shabbos as well. And I thought I'd bring you on primarily, although we can get into other things because we have some time. Uh, some people know the story of Hanukkah, which you can definitely tell, but you're particularly good at talking about the deeper meanings and the deeper lessons of Hanukkah. So since we have some time, why don't you just kind of give us a little overview of what is the holiday of Hanukkah all about? Yeah, you know, so Karen, it's very interesting because something that you said in passing is so, so starkly connected with Hanukkah and with the deeper messages of Hanukkah. You mentioned that I am one of the most naturally optimistic people you've ever met. (laughs) So that's a little bit like saying that Hanukkah is all about light and that light is a natural phenomenon. Mm. You know, people think about the menorah and they think like, oh, it's about light and it's about joy and such a like fun and lighthearted holiday. But the truth is that there's, there's nothing lighthearted about the light that we light in Hanukkah, the menorah. Um, specifically, the message of Hanukkah is that we light the menorah at a time of darkness. So the Torah and Hanukkah and the menorah, we don't, we don't just like gloss over that there are difficulties in life, there are struggles in life, there's darkness. Do you know that the laws of Hanukkah is that you have to light the candles after nightfall? So specifically when it's dark, we light it in the winter when it's the coldest, darkest time. Wow. Yes, it's true. Yeah. So, you know, if you hear someone saying, oh, Hanukkah is all about light and joy, you can say yes. But the most important part of that is that light is a choice and joy is a choice. And specifically when it's dark and specifically when it's hard and when you're having a hard time, my my joy, for example, doesn't, it's not a natural joy. I've been born a very critical person, <laughs> you know, not by choice. I wish I could have been born a happy-go-lucky kind of 
young woman, but um, it's, it's a lot of work. Joy, joy is work. And specifically, you need to use brains rather than brawn when it comes to the work of joy. <laughs> it's about what you think about. And it's about what you connect yourself to, something greater than yourself. So I, I know you wanted to know the deeper messages of Hanukkah. Sure. Yes. Um, I, I think it'd be interesting to look at it as three distinct points that will connect to three things that people are already familiar with with Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. You know, like people are familiar with the menorah. Yes. So you already had your lesson there. It's not just about light, but it's about when you're having a struggle or a hard time, where are you going to find that light? And then there are two more things. I thought maybe the Maccabees, because yes. people think of the Maccabees as being the strong, the heroes. You know, they're like the ones wearing the cape. They're the ones who win the war. Um, and then maybe to talk about the Hanukkah Gelt. And it's funny that you mentioned it's Cash Friday. Gelt <laughs> means money. So, <laughs> Gelt means money. Well, yeah, you know, so there's one a the tradition. Uh-huh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's an old phrase, better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. There and you so, go. Here we there have the Hanukkah in which we're lighting candles to uh, to bring light into the dark places. So first, tell us the story, just the the external story of Hanukkah, and then this is what you are the best at. This is what I so enjoy studying with you and learning with you in various classes that you do. Uh, to bring the deeper meaning to things. It's not just the story. It's what are the lessons behind the story? So first, let's tell the story. Hmm. Okay. So the basic story is that the Jewish nation, we're living during the time of the second temple. That is the holy temple that we build to offer up sacrifices, offerings to God. We have prayer services there. We're living in the land of Israel. Everything's wonderful. We're studying Torah. Uh, we're observing the mitzvahs like Shabbat and like giving charity and all, all the Torah and the mitzvahs, the commandments that God gives us. And before you know it, the Greeks, under the rulership of Antiochus, their king, they decided they've had enough of this. The whole world has bowed down to their philosophy of Hellenism. And they want the Jews as well to give up their religious affiliation, their con- this is something interesting that people don't know, that the Greeks didn't actually mind us retaining our cultural connection with Judaism. Okay, hold on just a minute because I'm getting a little sorry breaking up here. Can you go near a window <laughs> so that we can hear every word that you say? Go ahead and yeah. uh, just repeat that last sentence. Stand near a window or sit near a window because uh, we had a little bit of a break up there. So, yes, go ahead. All right, is that better? Yeah. Keep All it right. going. Right. So what, what people may not know about the war between the Jews and the Greeks at the time yes, is that the Greeks were not actually necessarily against cultural Judaism. They were okay with the culture. They're like, cultures are colorful. Cultures are fun. You know, cultures are interesting. Uh-huh. But what they wanted us to do is to separate, to divorce the culture from God. They said, do these things because they're great and interesting. Don't do these things because you dream that they connect you with God. Ah. So, that, so that, was their, that was their fight. They tried to get as many young Jewish people to join their Hellenistic cultures, to join them at their gyms and to join them at their games. Until ultimately, the Maccabees, Judah the Maccabee and his brothers, 
along with their father, Matisyahu, they collected whoever would come, the, the word Maccabee stands for me, kamocha, ba'elim Hashem. Who is like you among the greats? God. So, so who, who is like you, God, among the greats? Um, and they, and the, their rallying cry that they used is me la Hashem elai. Whoever is on God's team, gather around, come to me. And so the few Jews who were still dedicated to God assembled and they fought the Greeks in a series of guerrilla battles. Uh, the Greeks obviously had these tremendously huge armies with elephants and all the latest technology at the time. The Maccabees were small and untrained and they miraculously won. That was one of the, one of the miracles of Hanukkah, is that the battles that they won. The next miracle is that what the Greeks had done, part of their destroying of, of you know, par, part of them trying to destroy us, they went into our holy temple and they broke off all the seals of the oil that we used to light the menorah in the holy temple. It was a daily service. Mm -hmm. Every evening before nightfall, we would light the menorah. So they stormed our temple and they broke all the seals off of those jars of oil and they brought unkosher animals into the temple they brought their idols in there and they just they really desecrated our holiest place you know mm -hmm. so you could understand what a <laughs> what a devastation that would be to a community uh -huh. um but the second thing that happened after we won the wars we went back to the temple we saw all the devastation and we searched and searched the entire temple looking for at least one jar of oil that had the seal of the Kohen Gadol, that'd be the high priest of the temple. Mm -hmm. And miraculously, we found one jug and used it to light the menorah. It was supposed to last only one day. But the problem is that to get new oil would take eight days to travel out to where the olives were, to press them, you know, and to extract the oil would take eight days. But God made a miracle and the oil that they used just burned and burned and burned for all the eight days until we could get new oil. So that's the quick version of the Hanukkah story, the two miracles that we celebrate on Hanukkah, the miracle of the battles and the miracle of finding that pure olive oil. Is she great or what? And she even <laughs> ends right before the break, which gives us a chance to regroup, and then we'll talk about the deeper meaning of Hanukkah. Uh, there's another old joke, because, you know, uh, Jews are always expected to make jokes, and we usually do our best to comply, <laughs> which is, mm. you know, most Jewish holidays, feast or famine, or about they tried to kill us, they didn't, let's eat. Um, and so we're eating oily foods around Hanukkah, and we're lighting the menorah for every night that the oil burned brightly. But there's so much more to Hanukkah, and we're going to be back with Ita K of Beis Hanukkah Women's International right after this. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadoline. Looking for even more great conservative talk radio? The K-Star Talk Radio Network is a Christian-owned, alternative conservative news and talk radio internet broadcasting network. They have a full line of programming, 
about spiritual, political, social, economic, financial, and health-related topics. And their goal is to encourage critical thinking about the issues of the day. The K-Star Talk Radio Network features great shows like America's First News, The Keith Hansen Show, Erskine, and Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Check out the whole schedule at their website at kstarradionetwork.com. Time could be short for a free people to share ideas in a free society. K-Star Radio Network is fighting a spiritual war on an earthly plane. Visit them today at kstarradionetwork.com. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back to Spouting Off on Cash Friday. We are broadcasting right in the middle of Hanukkah. And uh, we are lighting our sixth candle tonight of Hanukkah. It comes a little earlier than Christmas this year, and it changes every year. We are delighted to have somebody that I've known for quite a while and am now studying with again Itty K, also known as Ita K, a teacher at Base Hana Women's International, an organization dedicated to educating Jewish women, strengthening their faith, educating them in a host of, of uh, um, Torah. They do retreats. And uh, what a blessing, what a, what a great opportunity to have her here to talk to us about Hanukkah and the deeper meanings. Thank you for staying with us, Ita. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Karen. So uh, fun to be here. <laughs> Did you love that? That full <laughs> do, of do life voice <laughs> she has. Uh, yes. And you. It's always fun <laughs> to learn together. Yes. Um, do you mind if I jump off on something you said right before the break? You said Not that we even. eat oily foods. I don't mind at all. Just go for it. Yeah. There we go. Okay. So so it's funny because you're you're absolutely right. We eat oily foods. People know our famous latkes. That is <laughs> uh, potato pancakes fried with you know potatoes and eggs, etc. And then people know the sufgani yot, or as we know, jelly donuts. Uh, so we're very fond of our. This particular tradition of Hanukkah is quite fun. Uh, donuts and, and, and potato pancakes, et cetera. But what carbs, lots may... of carbs. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> so for the protein lovers, what you mm. may know is that um, another food that we're very excited about to eat on Hanukkah is dairy. Did you know about that? I don't know if I remember that. Tell us. Yeah. So in fact, I heard that the original pancakes that we eat, that we used to eat for Hanukkah were, were cheese latkes, uh-huh. cheese pancakes. Oh, so why do we eat dairy? Now, that's an interesting story about um, the lesser known heroes of Hanukkah. Uh-huh. But, but this, this could be very, very interesting for you to hear, for us to discuss specifically as women, uh-huh. because there were actually a few women who had a tremendous hand in the Hanukkah victories. Huh. So, yeah. So, and, and, and Yehudit, that you may have heard of, Judith, Yehudit. Yes. Because of her role is why we eat dairy, and I could tell you the story if you're Please not familiar Please tell us okay. the story. That's what you're here <laughs> to <right>. do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So one of the generals of Antiochus was called Halifurnus, and he was particularly fighting with um, outside of the town of Betulia in the land of Judea. 
and he besieged the town, blocking off all sources of food and water. Hmm. And the, yeah, and the Jews in the siege were getting weaker and weaker because the you know the the supplies were draining, and um, the people begged their leaders, please just give in because we're going to starve. Our children are not going to be able to eat. So this woman, Yehudit, who was the daughter of Yohanan, the high priest, related to the Maccabee family, she turned to the elders and she said, please, don't give in. God is going to save us, but let me see what I can do to help. Let me out. I want to go with my maid, and I want to have a meeting with Halifornis, with the general. This was very, very risky because, I mean, the Greeks were not these moral, upstanding, righteous individuals, you know, and Yehudit was blessed with a very special beauty and grace and charm. Um, so it was really like throwing a very vulnerable woman into the lion's den. But uh, at first they said, absolutely not. We don't let, you know, and she said, I must do this. I have a plan. You know, God will be with me. I, I, I trust that God will be with me. And so she took her maid and she filled up a basket with all these salty cheeses and with wine. And she went to the general and she said, Hey, I have um, information for you. I ran away from the Jewish camp. I want to let you know that what's happening there is that they're just about to give up. And when they give up and they start eating non-kosher foods, then God is going to turn away against them and you're going to win hands down. And so he was of course, you know, grateful for this information. And she said, listen, I'm going to come and I'm going to tell you when that happens. And so she kind of formed this like alliance with the general and she would come in and out freely and people got used to seeing her in the Greek camp. So they didn't suspect her of anything. Um, and she was allowed to come and go freely. Mm-hmm. And so when she came, you know, another meeting when she came, she told him it's really happening. It's coming up really soon. They're about to give in. So let's celebrate. And she unpacked these salty cheeses and these wines and she fed them to him. And it was a very strong wine. And in his drunken stupor, he fell asleep. And this is a little grotesque what happens next. It's not pretty. Mm -hmm. But she took out her sword and she chopped off his head. Mm. And she walked out with his head on her sword and it the entire morale of that army completely just fell apart and the siege fell apart and the Jews were able to win that battle. So in wow. case, you know, you have an impression that as Jewish women, we simply stick to the kitchen or remain unseen or don't have a hand in these stories. We have these wonderful, wonderful heroes, heroines in, in all of our stories. Um, we have Passover, the Jewish women had a, a great, great hand in that. Um, Purim, Hanukkah, Esther. Purim, Queen yeah. Esther, Queen exactly. Esther. So uh, yeah, this that's story, kind of why, yeah. Yeah, sorry. This story, believe it or not, I have never heard. Right? I went to Hebrew school until I was like 10 or 11, never heard this story. That's why I need to study, because I don't know. Now, for those yeah. who are recoiled by this story... And, you know, it's interesting because there are many things we talk about in this program and in all the programs I do about what are the limits of fighting back and how and in what way can you righteously fight back? Uh, What is the deeper meaning here for people who might be 
a little bit uncomfortable with that story, or maybe even, and we know this happens, use the story to say, you see the Jewish people, they're ruthless, terrible, and awful. Uh, What do you say about that? Well, it's interesting because that is a, a, a wonderful way to fight against the Jews. It's a wonderful way to bring up anti-Semitism, to, you know, to blame us for the viciousness uh, that happens out there. But I want to actually turn your attention to what the rest of the Jewish women were doing at the time, and then we'll come back to you, Deep, if okay. we have time. Sure. But, but what she did was really, really important. It's important to understand that they were fighting the, the Greeks on different levels, there was the physical war. That's something that Yehudit knew that she had to step in in order to fight that. But something very important that the rest of the women were doing, and this is, this is where we're going to get into the Hanukkah gelt, right? The Hanukkah money that we mm-hmm. give to children and mm-hmm. the dreidels that we play. Um, one of the things that the Greeks wanted that we should do in order to denounce God is to write on the horns of our oxen These words, um, let me just make sure that I'm, uh, I have them correctly here. Mm-hmm. We denounce, we have no part in the God of Israel. So, we have no part in the gods of Israel. Mm. So you may ask, like, why, why this? Why, why on the horns of oxen? Like, why should they not write it on, you know, the, their buildings? So one interesting way to look at it is like, oh, you know, the oxen, these were the, the beasts that we had in the field. It's kind of like bumper stickers. This is beautiful. This thought, I actually, a different teacher at Beit Khana taught it uh, this past Monday. We have a lot of Zoom classes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this is a thought I'm getting from Khana. Uh, Slavatitsky, who who taught this wonderful, wonderful teacher. But so one of the one of the things one of the things is like, oh, maybe it was like their bumper stickers, you know, is visible, and that's why they wanted us to write it there to denounce our God on those horns. But another and very very interesting reason for this is when you look at the Greek literature or artifacts of the time you'll see that the women used to use the horns of oxen or the horns of the animals mm-hmm. as baby bottles. Ah! They used to, yeah, they used really? to empty them out. Yeah. And, and poke a hole at the bottom. You know how it gets like, mm-hmm. it gets really narrow at, at one end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So poke a hole there and then they would drip the, the, the milk or the food to their babies through these horns. Oh, and so what the Greeks wanted, they said, we want your babies. We want your children. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. And that's, and that's where our enemies ultimately always start. You know, in the Purim story too, we see that Mordechai gathered the little babies, the children, to teach them. When God gave the Torah, we said the babies, the children are going to be the guarantors. So what all the women were doing here is they, they refused. And they, had, they dedicated themselves with a greater strength to protect their babies, to protect their children, to educate the children, and to keep teaching them Torah and reminding the children of the connection that they had with God. Itty, let me just stop you there because you taught me that somewhere in Torah, and I don't know exactly where it is, the phrase, there's nothing new under the sun, 
is applicable to this because in times that we are, that I talk about every week on this program about uh, communist Marxist globalists who say, who used to say it's all for the children and then they inculcate children and corrupt their education with uh, uh, critical race theory and teaching that America is a racist country and, uh, and that there are 57 genders. Uh, they really are desecrating education and then going after parents and calling them terrorists for being concerned about the kind of education that is being uh, taught to their children. So, yes, tyrants of all kinds always go after the children because they're the next generation. Uh, we saw Hitler youth, whatever you want to call it, it's always the same. Uh, that That's is so right. relevant to what we're talking about today. And uh, that's why I thought it was important to bring you on because, uh, you know, many, many religions share uh, the five books of Moses, the Tanakh in their religion. And we hope that this is valuable to everyone and we respect other people's faith. It's just that a lot of times Judaism doesn't, most people, it's too insular sometimes, and you don't hear what Jews teach about Judaism. So with that said, we're going to take another break. And um, I'm just so grateful to have you and to provide the deeper meanings of Hanukkah on this Hanukkah 2021. What's the Hebrew year? 5782. 5,782 years from creation. 82. Wow. We're going to take a break. This is Karen Catalina. You're listening to Spouting Off here on BBS Radio and the K-Star Radio Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Catalina. Are you among the millions of Americans who feel uncertain when it comes to their health care? We are happy to inform you that there is a solution, and that solution is Liberty HealthShare. It's a community of like-minded people who work together to pay for their medical costs. You choose your doctor and hospital, starting at $107 a month for a single, up to $449 a month for a family. That's mom, dad, and all kids. For more info, visit libertyhealthshare.org. That's libertyhealthshare.org. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. Welcome back to this very special edition. Don't they always say that? Special edition of Spouting Off here on Hanukkah. We're learning, I'm learning a lot about Hanukkah. I never knew, never heard about Yudit, Yehudit at all. We're talking to Itty K from Beis Hanukkah Women's International. And Itty, before the break, we were talking about Teaching children and teaching the next generation, a lot of people know about the little gold coins, chocolate coins, and uh, because there is a stereotype that Jews love money, uh, you know, if you want to find a reason to hate Jews, there's a million good reasons you could. Not good reasons. There are a million reasons that you could say, you see, all those ugly stereotypes are true. Why do we give Hanukkah guilt to kids on Hanukkah? I, I love that question. And, and I love that you also said Jews love money because you know what I'm going to say? That's absolutely true. Because look at the amazing things that we can do with money. Look at the, the guests we can host and look at the 
people we can take care of and look at the synagogues we could build and look at how we can feed the hungry and look at how we can dress the cold. Of course we love money. Money is such a beautiful, beautiful medium to, for kindness. If it's so used if for anyone kindness, says to yes. you, If it's used for kindness, right. But of course, a Jew that's connected to the Torah and connected to God, there's nothing more we'd like to do. There's nothing we'd like to do more than kindness and, and building the world and, and making it such a beautiful and healthy and holy place. Mm-hmm. So that's actually why we give our children, one of the reasons why we give our children money on Hanukkah is because this is the first opportunity where we teach them what to do with it. So every child who grows up in a, in a home that, on, that has God at its center and that has Torah at its center the first lesson that a child learns when they get their dollar of Hanukkah gelt is that it doesn't all belong to you. Step number one, you take either a tenth or a fifth of it, between 10 and 20%, mm-hmm. and you dedicate it to someone else. you got to give it away. That's mm-hmm. the mitzvah that we know as miser, as tithing, mm-hmm. right? So, so every child, I, I remember year after year after year, we had these little envelopes where we'd keep our Hanukkah gelt, and at the end, we'd count it all up, and it'd be like, ooh, you know, I've got $35. Well, let's see how much is a tenth of that, you know, $350. Or, but I'm going to give more than that. I'm going to give 20%. I'm going to give $7. And then we found our favorite charity. Is it, you know, a soup kitchen in the community or someone who's hungry or uh, perhaps someone who's in, involved in education? And we'd find someone to give that to. Mm-hmm. So when we give the Hanukkah Gelt to our children, it's a medium to teach about charity, to teach about um, kindness to teach about what to do, what are the positive things to do with money. So it's sort of like that very secular story, I guess, in Spider-Man, where it said, those with great gifts have great responsibility, right? Absolutely, exactly. Yeah. And you have so, to teach your kids how to use that responsibility yeah. wisely. Right? It's interesting because today the word privilege has become such a, a trigger word. It's become such a dirty word. Yes. But I've been raised with the word privilege as the other side of responsibility. Uh huh. Beautiful. So, yeah. you know, I, I've always seen that word as such a beautiful word. Like, uh-huh. wow, what? And everyone has some privilege. The question is, find out what privilege you have. What are the innate talents that God blessed you with? You, if you were born, you're already privileged. You have life. What are you going to do with it? And so man- privilege comes with responsibility, and, yeah. and it's a beautiful word. And may I say that the notion that one should feel downtrodden and ashamed of the privileges that God gave us is it's just a shame. is a twisting of the kind of gratitude that we hope to spread around, that we were blessed with unique talents, with unique abilities, with being uh, an unusual one and only person. We're every single one of us an individual. That's a blessing. It's a privilege. So to feel bad about that um, and to, to, of course, divide it on, excuse me, racial lines, which is done for ugly political gain is, uh, is the kind of twisting that we are seeing today and why it seems more important than ever to me to turn towards God in times when you don't know what else to do. (laughs) And that's how I I feel. Everyone should realize everyone should, if you're going to take a message from Hanukkah, everyone should realize that 
God does not have any grandchildren, right? God has children only. Why is that? Because everyone is a child of God. So think about that privilege in your life. Think about there is an infinite amount of energy, vitality, holiness, light that I can tap into at any time. And it's interesting because I think before we, you asked me about the, um, the question about Yehudit. Yes. Like, wasn't that violent? Like, why did she kill someone? You know, and so what, what I just really, really wanted to, to point out with that is that the heroes of the Hanukkah story, they were not at the center. They were not the, the, the ones who had the spotlight. They did not say, look at me, you know, I'm going to save you. On the contrary, in their name, Maccabee, who is like you among the greats, God, right? In their name is God is the one who is going to help us win. God is the one we're defending. God is the one who we want to draw into this world. God is the one we want to have a connection with. So they live that way day in and day out. And so what Yehudit was doing was um, she was acting in the way that the Torah would prescribe. One of the laws of the Torah, the morals, God's morals is if somebody comes to kill you, you have to kill them first. God wants this world to be a peaceful world. God doesn't want people to be fighting against other people. God doesn't want people to besie- besiege other people, right, and block off their energy sources and food sources. God wants us to be a world of kindness, a world of life, a world of light, a world of goodness. And so if we want to create that kind of world, we have to be really careful to do it based on holiness, based on God's morals, not on our human morals. God forbid our human morals, if, she, if we don't fight those who are out to kill us, where's the light going to be, mm. right? We're, we're supposed to eradicate darkness. We're supposed to eradicate bad. We're supposed to eradicate evil. We're not supposed to just sit back and say, oh, well, you know, I don't want to be violent, so I'm just going to let the evil spread. So what she was doing was defending her nation, defending morality by killing the source of immorality of the time. And I just want to say for those, because I have a lot of listeners who don't happen to be Jewish, and so many great Christian conservative listeners and people of all faiths, um, it's the great beauty of our First Amendment of religious pluralism. We're just sharing a little bit of Torah with you today and Hanukkah today. Is that uh, in order the way that the tradition of studying Torah is to argue these points, to ask the tough questions? Um, there's a great tradition that I particularly particularly appreciate being in talk radio anyway of of knowing that I can wrestle with these questions and ask the tough questions. So that's one of, this is, you know, a plug that I am giving, nobody paid me to do. Why either Beis Hana, Women's International, or other yeshivas that teach uh, boys Torah, where they sit and they argue a question and they ask and analyze every possible question because it's healthy to do that. It's healthy to question everything so that when you come to a conclusion, when you learn through questioning, it's done through not just obedience, it's done because you came to this conclusion and you own it. Right. And you also brought up a really important point 
which could be what's the message of Hanukkah to someone who's not Jewish? Yes, yes, right. And and that's really important because you just said that you know not all the listeners are Jewish, and if God wanted only Jews to be in the world, well, He's God. He would only create Jews. <laughs> that's true. Which means that every just like a Jewish person has to turn inside and say, "How do I connect with God?" Everyone in the world has to do the same thing. Say, "I was born in Idaho." in a family of three or, you know, my, my father is in this, my mother's in that. How, how does that guide me to connect to God? Or I was born in India or I was born in, you know, Siberia or I was anywhere where you were born, any culture, any religion, any, whatever circumstance you were born into, God birthed you into that circumstance for you to be able to connect with him exactly the way he made you. And so for that, it's important to know that where um, there are seven laws of morality that Adam, the first Adam who God created, mm. he was given those laws. And then Noah after him received those laws for all the children of Noah. So all seven, eight billion people, however many people we are right now on the planet, mm. everyone has to connect to God through these seven laws of morality excuse me, not killing being one of them, which is what Halle Furness no. was going against, which is why he deserved the death penalty, you know, and Yehudi took care of that. Hmm. But, um, but, but definitely everyone has to turn into themselves, look inside and say, who am I? What are my particular talents? What are my particular strengths? What are my challenges? And what does God want from me? Which is why he would create me exactly as he did. That's just wonderful. And I might lay on you, because I haven't told you in a while, because we're just about wrapping it up, the phrase that to me links religion and politics as best as I know how, which is that God himself gave us free will. We should never expect less from our government. 100%. So we don't want our government telling us what to do if God himself says, Believe me or don't, you know, it's, you get a choice because the only way that you can be, that you can have true liberty is to be held accountable for your choices, your beliefs and and your actions, right? And maybe we can talk about this more at different time, but you should, you should know that government is actually very respected in Torah. Mm -hmm. The seventh of the seven moral laws is to establish a government, but the purpose of government is education. The purpose of Mm -hmm. government is to teach, you know, to, 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 um, to make sure that everyone's protected and safe and able to keep the, to, to stay moral. Yeah, but to be limited. But, but we could talk about that another yeah, time. Yeah, but to be yeah. limited. I mean, in order to uh, maximize freedom, you have to limit government. And you're right, that is for another time. I mean, that, yeah, that is, <laughs> oh my goodness, that is a yes. fascinating topic that there's yes. so much to say about. You so see? maybe if we could just summarize in one moment that yes. the three messages of Hanukkah yes. being light, to be a light, to shine, to be, to, to do holy things, to connect with God in moments specifically that are dark. The second thing is that the heroes um, had humility. They were heroes because they acknowledged this is God's war that we're fighting. And the third one being that the education of the children is so, so important. We do you see, ladies and gentlemen, why yeah. I love teach, uh, learning, learning with <laughs> oh, this woman um she is a blessing and uh we'll have to have you back to talk about more stuff that i don't know that our listeners might be interested in 
Uh, Thank you so much, Karen. Always right. a pleasure. Well, Always such fun. Itty yeah. K from Bayes Hana Women's International. And, uh, and happy Hanukkah, uh, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. And happy Hanukkah. And Shabbat Shalom for right. anyone who's keeping Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Yeah. That Take about care. does it for us on this edition of Spouting Off. Have a wonderful rest of the Hanukkah if that's what you're celebrating, Shabbos, and Merry Christmas to everyone. I'm not afraid to say it. Uh, we'll do much more on the holidays and on. Uh, and, and much, much more. Tune in next week, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, when there will be so much to spout off about here on Spouting Off.